Hello and welcome to another teaching from 119 Ministries. Our ministry believes that the whole Bible is true and directly applicable to our lives today. If you would like to know more about what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. We hope that you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. A core principle of 119 Ministries is the concept of test everything. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. Test everything. Hold fast what is good. Why do we consider that a primary focus of 119 Ministries? Because we are not responsible for deciding what you believe in your faith. You are the one responsible. As ones who teach, we will be judged more harshly in how we may have influenced others in their faith. But in the end, what you believe comes down to you and you alone. So often today, many are easily persuaded to believe or follow what their pastor believes or what their congregation believes or what some book teaches, etc. We encourage you to not follow us. Our goal is to enable you to test yourself and your faith to the Word of God. We do not conclude every teaching in saying, test everything for no reason. If we do not use a valid method to accurately determine what is true, then we are subject to man's opinion to form our own truth, which of course would not be truth at all. Because of this, we would like to offer some general guidelines to assist you in this core principle of testing everything in the faith. Test number one, the Word of God test or the Deuteronomy 13 test. We actually have a teaching titled the Deuteronomy 13 test which we hope would serve as a great resource for this very important test. The idea is that our Creator gave mankind the Word of God. He gave this Word containing all His instructions, the Torah, to all people who choose to align their lives and faith to the Word of God, not just to Israel or the Jews. He instructed that it was wrong to add or take away from the Word of God. He stated that any prophet that is a true prophet will teach according to the Word of God already given, lest he be a false prophet. Thus, our faith cannot contradict these established principles in the Word of God. Also, because sin is defined as breaking the law of God, and because we understand our Messiah to have been and continue to be perfect and sinless, we cannot accuse our Messiah to have added to or taken away from the law of God, lest he be a false prophet as well. This is also true for James, Peter, Paul, or any other writings found in what we often call the Bible. All writings must be consistent with the already established Word of God. Many traditions or Jewish interpretations of the Law of God are simply not found in the Torah or are simply misunderstandings of the Torah. It is very easy to accidentally add or to take away from the Torah. Quite often, it is so subtle that it's difficult to notice. Test number two, contradiction, identification, and elimination. Arriving to conclusions that cause scriptural contradictions should not be considered acceptable. Perceived contradictions should not be reduced to something acceptable by relabeling them as scriptural tensions or something similar. For example, we cannot understand the author of Hebrews to teach that the law of God was made better when the law of God was already declared to be perfect. So something that is already perfect cannot be made better. 
Thus, something about the letter to the Hebrews must be misunderstood if it is being understood in this perspective. Likewise, we cannot have Paul declaring the law of God to be bondage, yet the author of Psalm 119 declares the law of God to be freedom. In fact, the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119, is solely dedicated to the law of God, detailing how great, perfect, wonderful, joyful, and worthy the law of God is for God's people. Not just for a time, but for forever. That all being said, we must ensure that our theology contains no contradictions. When contradictions are found, we must reconcile them. This should not always be a quick process. Sometimes the path of least resistance is to discard everything. For example, some begin to throw out the writings of the New Testament or the Brit Hadashah. They do this not because they should, but because they are unable to reconcile some of the things that appear to be contradictions. Thus, it is simply easier to throw it all out. Therefore, exercise caution when dealing with contradictions in your faith. It often takes work and much research to find the answers to such circumstances. Test number three. Compare resources. Whether we like to admit it or not, differences exist in different Bible translations, interlinears, codices, and manuscripts. Do not isolate your studies to one or two resources. The more information you have access to, the more you are enabled to utilize critical thinking and see the big picture to a problem or find an elusive answer to a difficult issue. Do not use interlinears and concordances such as Strong's as Greek or Hebrew dictionaries. Strong's is great for showing how a Hebrew or Greek word was chosen by translators to be translated in the King James Version, but that is the extent of their intended purpose. They can be helpful for gaining a sense of understanding of a Greek or Hebrew word, but an actual dictionary or lexicon for Greek or Hebrew serves infinitely better. Test number four, identify hidden influences. People in our lives are important. What others think often becomes important to us as well. Quite often, some fundamental principles of our faith are not necessarily derived from the Word of God, but people of influence. Ask yourself why you believe what you believe. Find multiple witnesses of strong support in the scriptures. Hear the opinion of others and respect them, but take everything back and test it to the Word of God. Often you will find strong scriptural support might be lacking or that contradictions might exist. You might find that a certain position is completely based on an argument of silence. And watch out for red herrings. Test number five. Use biblical words biblically. The Word of God happens to consist of words. It should go without saying, but words mean things. Sadly, because of translational differences, cultural differences, linguistic evolution, metaphorical and poetic language, etc., the meaning of words and how they are being used is not always so clear. Examine how a Hebrew or Greek word is used in the scriptures. Read every instance or usage of a word. When examining Greek, examine the Septuagint to see how the Hebrew culture used that Greek word compared to the Hebrew language. It is easy to arrive at strange doctrines and ideas when we do not even know how words such as spirit, light, Elohim, God, etc. are definitively used in Scripture. Quite often, how a word is first used in Scripture sets the precedence of how it should be understood going forward. Test number six, loony logic. There are so many different types of logical errors that it would be impossible to discuss all of them here. 
One of the most abused logical fallacies in scriptural discussion is called a red herring. The red herring is not only a common debate tactic, it is also a logical fallacy. It is a fallacy of distraction and is committed when a listener attempts to divert an arguer from his argument by introducing another topic. This can be one of the most frustrating and effective fallacies to observe. The fallacy gets its name from fox hunting, specifically from the practice of using smoked herrings, which are red, to distract hounds from the scent of their quarry. Just as a hound may be prevented from catching a fox by distracting it with a red herring, so an arguer may be prevented from proving his point by distracting him with another issue. Another logical fallacy is the accusation that one is on a slippery slope. Being on a slippery slope asserts that a relatively small first step inevitably leads to a chain of related events culminating in some significant impact or event that should not happen. Thus, the first step should not happen. While this fallacy is a popular one, it is, in essence, an appeal to probability fallacy. For example, if person X does Y, then Z would probably occur, leading to Q, leading to W, leading to E. Logical fallacies are easy to make and occur often. They are also the type of errors that are the most convincing until the error is exposed. Test number seven, Greek traps. Greek thinking and Hebrew thinking are two very different types of thinking. Most of the Western world thinks like a Greek. Every author of the Bible spoke in Hebrew and was raised in Hebrew culture and thinking. This can often cause problems. For example, there is the either-or problem. In the faith, some debates go on eternally because one position says one thing and another position says another thing. Both assume that both positions cannot coexist without contradiction. Quite often, debates are solved when it is realized that both positions are equally true. The next time you find yourself in an either-or debate, ask yourself if both positions could be true and how. We hope that some of these tactics were of some value to you. Remember, continue to test everything. Shalom. It is because of you, our generous supporters, who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab. Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations.